0: Just so like and sitting there and just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I also lift yeah. heavy too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you recorded all that. <laughs> That's the bit <laughs> that needs to go out. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> no likes, no follows. No, no nothing. I'll be. Done. probably going to be number uh, one. The, power of the, the Strength training that is life right now. I'm just about, I'm just touching the water with the whole strength training. I'm calling it strength training. I don't. I, have, I don't officially. When can you call yourself a powerlifter, and when can you call yourself a powerlifting coach? Because one time someone said to me, "You're not a bodybuilder," and I was like, "Okay." Because you and don't compete, like, right? Yeah, and they're like, yeah. "You're not a bodybuilder until so you compete," and I was like, yeah. "Okay, well, I I just didn't think I was a competitive bodybuilder because yes. at the end of the day, if you're trying to add yes. mass to your body, trying to yes. build it, so wouldn't that it, like, you know, wouldn't that? Yeah, well, i like, I've, I've hesitated to call
1: myself a powerlifter until so, like, I competed.
0: Yeah, because I feel like powerlifting is squat, bench, and deadlift. So if you squat, bench, and deadlift, and that's your week, you're a powerlifter, you're just not a competitive powerlifter. Yeah. Competitive. Welcome to to the episode, folks. Uh We will introduce ourselves. Pronouns. Pronouns. Like, Mm. identify yourself as something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Powerlifter. I don't like... Pronoun powerlifter. I don't like identity (laughs) stuff as it is. Like Like, um, when I said to uh, someone at the gym... uh, the bar set up a bit too low um just be careful right? She, yeah and she was like oh i'm a lifter. it's yeah. like okay um, all right that's cool man yeah <laughs> i'm just letting you know that the benches here are lower yeah yeah just yeah 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 anyway welcome <laughs> 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 so that's what happens off camera yeah. um
1: yeah welcome back another episode stc fit learning podcast uh, looks like I'm back hosting after my little moment in there. Yeah, in I the want to know. I want to know
0: how it went last week. Um, so <coughs> whether it was any good. If I, if it's like, just don't ever host ever again, um, <laughs> and just like be quiet and never talk and yeah, just get real angry sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a bit of feedback on uh, my hosting skills. Yeah. I feel like I nailed the introduction though.
1: The intro was good. Just because
0: today was better. We just I, talked. I copied someone else's yeah, intro. Yeah.
1: Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we need to get some kind of musical thing happening. Yep. Um some, some, we just need to find someone with a big deep voice that sounds better than us. Yep. It's not oh,
0: that's pretty deep. Yeah, well you can do it. No. <laughs> we'll script it for you and off you go. I'm good. All right, so We're we'll coming jump. off the back of Luke's podcast. Yes yeah, so we've <laughs> just had LGBT. Luke's which was yeah. Unreal, feedback's yeah. been unreal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um if you want to
1: geek out really and good and you discussion. haven't listened to it already, go back even. Um I think even like where we sit at the moment it's been out for eight days or something um people are kind of thinking like oh it seems really technical and i have to be smart to yeah i can't understand it luke's uh skill is being able to explain Complex things like things, that just really easy like yep. I'm, I'm not the, hmm. but you you guys listen to the podcast so i don't use big words real often because I can't say the small ones as well. Himself
0: the head of lifting,
1: by the way. Yeah, head of, head of <laughs> lifting. I pick things up, put them down. Um, so, yeah, if I was able to understand it, most of you should be able to as well. I forget there's a camera here. I keep looking at Tam like we're having a conversation. <laughs> yeah, just having a giggle. Yeah. there. I, I found out who watches us on YouTube, too. Okay. Yeah, it's people who get bored when they listen. And they right. need visual stimuli, stimulation as yeah, well. Okay. Yeah, okay. Or trying to find, like, really funny screenshots of us. Well, that's also happening, yeah. too. Yep. Um, so we better do the meme thing next week.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So the their meme conversation, conversation competition, competition for Jason's picture is still running. He's very upset because he's not getting enough. Oh, uh,
0: they're just I, I got, there's plenty there's of guys. That, yeah, like, come, you come got on. <laughs> you got <a> <laughs> so it's either they're afraid or they don't respect you. So. Yeah, well, I have. <laughs>
1: Fuck! Ouch! <laughs> I have um, the afternoon off, so I might just go home and start I'll, making I'll it, make like just 20 and sending them to people, send them out, and
0: you just post a sign. Post. A I've sign. been using my own picture as a meme. Like I sent it to Dylan, and I'm like, um, when he says, uh, "Keep your bum off your seat uh, on the bench," yeah, yeah, invited, And I'm like, <laughs> 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 so yeah, using my own meme. Yes. Anyway,
1: um, well, let's go there first. Yeah. Um, so we've also just come off um, PTC South Melbourne's novice competition. Yep. Um, where you had yet another client. Um, this one you're actually trained on on nutrition and yeah. stuff. So yeah. um first time for you as a coach at a powerlifting meet. Yeah. First time for Dylan. Um not I guess our lift off is kind of ish, a novice yeah. meet, but yeah. to get under a real bar in front of a yeah. crowd and, and stuff, you don't know. stuff. Um,
0: how did you find the weekend? Yeah, the it was a really good experience, like I guess um understanding the responsibility as the coach on the day um, of being, you know, selecting the weights, yeah. um, having an idea of what they could potentially lift for their second or third attempt, but then being very reactive to yeah, how they the, move. yeah, like if it moved well. And even just like having a quick discussion with them before we select that next weight, you're just like, you know, um, how that feels, like, yeah, yeah, Um And then it's like just saying, oh, do this, do this, do that. Yeah. Um, so that was good. I, I was probably more nervous than him, um, just because yeah. I'd never seen him on that third attempt to get on under whatever yeah. that kind of weight. So yeah I did I never showed it. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, yeah, you got this man. Yeah. But deep down I was like, Fuck, I hope I've never seen this. <laughs> Yeah. But in yeah. saying that, um, you know, Big Demir behind him and two guys either side. Um, I, was, I, I even said to him, "I said if you're gonna go for it, I said you've got a guy who can how, lift like 300 kilos how big behind is you." that human? Death. Yeah, so I was like, "If you're gonna lay it all out here, Ben, I'm yeah. like, here's your opportunity." Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, it was good. It was a really exciting day. Uh, he, uh, you know, exceeded expectations on um, on all of his lifts. Yeah, uh, we went like eight from nine.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, he totaled 490. Yeah. Um, and he was you know, about 78 kilos. Uh, so yeah, like they don't do like a winner of the day or anything like that, but they do run like a coefficient score yep. over um, the whole um, all the lifters. And they had two fights, and uh, he came second. Um, the guy that came first is, was just as strong as an ox, and yeah. 110 kilos, and he was just a big human. So yeah, uh, but it was good. It was a good day. It was a really good introduction to um, powerlifting, and you know, for I know Dylan's been asking me for a very long time to do one. Yeah, um, and yeah, we've had discussions about. Uh, when are you ready? And everyone's like, just get under a bar and do it straight away. Um, I've been very resistant yeah. to that, uh, mainly because take a person who is really fucking strong, um, who's hypermobile yeah. uh, and who has like no fear. Yeah, It's just, um, you know, longevity for me. Yeah. I'm just thinking longevity wise. So it's taken a long time for us to yeah. uh, get into a position where, you know he's got good control of his body understands when things don't feel well yeah. um, he understands like he knows how to warm up and yeah. all that stuff so uh, it was a really good reward um, on the day itself
1: knowing how to fail is and even when we do our, our lift off um, I had one of our trainers message me the other day she's like oh she's gonna adjust so we have obviously body weight squat um, and deadlift for the ladies yep. 0.5 for the girls yep um, and then 1.5 for the men for squat and, and deadlift, body weight for bench press. So a trainer messaged me, and she was like, oh, she's only just going to scrape in. Yeah. And I was like, can she fail in position? Yeah. So if she doesn't come up in a squat, is she going to stay in that position and keep grinding it out and allow the squatters to help um, pull it up and rack it? Or is she going to fold in half um, and collapse underneath? So I think that's what you don't want to see at an oxcon no, You don't no. want to see someone lose, uh, switch off because the lift's not going the way that they want it to. Yeah, Because, um, like, yeah, spotters are human too. Um, yeah. yeah. Whether it's, like, how quick they are or just the fact that, like, you're in a really bad position regardless of yeah. um, playing with heavy weights. So, yep. yeah, I think the, the time you waited um, was probably... Perfect for Dylan. Yeah. Even just his maturity as a lifter, in terms of like being able to stay focused on the job that he had to do and the yep. cues he had to follow and stuff. Yeah. It all seemed really seamless on the day. Yeah.
0: And that's been a real, like, journey as well for the two of us. And we'll talk about the coaching and stuff. But <coughs> I've we you know we've, he's done some liftoffs and we've had some environments that have been different to the gym. Yeah. Um, and you really start to work out like how to get the most out of someone and you know screaming at him and fucking slapping him on the back and yep. all that kind of stuff doesn't work. Yep. Um it you, know, you really start to get to know your athlete. Well, it might work for some people, it didn't work it doesn't work for him. Um and then, you know, having him hang that barbell at the last lift off for, you know, five seconds at the knees. Yeah. Um at two hundred and five at least gave me the confidence that I knew that he has that grit now to like just not bottom out and bail and expect three other people to lift him up like he's done before. Um, So yeah, Yeah, it was a good, yeah, it was 160, just went over the top, so, um, which is a learning curve for everyone, you know. Um, But yeah, it was a really good day, I learned a lot out of it, it was pretty exciting because I've been in the physique sports for, physique, Events, yeah, (laughs) say as you must, yeah. Yeah. Um, And it's just a totally different environment. Even the coaching experience, like the two weeks leading into comp, messages every day, videos of lifts, talking about effort wise, and pre-selecting weights. And you know, it was like an ongoing process from a performance standpoint. It wasn't a, how do you feel? How do you look? Send me pictures of you, how you look. Yeah, you know. And you don't really talk much about training, yeah, yeah. you know, with physique sports. Yeah. I'm going to call it physique sport, um, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so yeah, it was cool. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always you know trying to better my skill set and get into things that I'm confident I can get myself into. Yeah. Get I'm not going to go out and say I'm, you know, the next elite level powerlifting coach or anything. But yeah. it was a really good, uh, you know, way of stepping into that competitive circle from yeah. a training standpoint because you yeah. know do the nutrition programming and the supplementation and stuff but yeah it was really awesome just to see the programming come together um you know obviously we worked together a lot you know i was learning um just some different principles in terms of how to program and whatnot things that i hadn't done in the past and yeah you know uh seeing it all come together was just really cool so yeah it's interesting like when you talk about like
1: that last like four to even ten weeks um obviously programming for the lift off at the moment from um super almost like your typical gen pop client right through to people that take training quite seriously um i probably beforehand uh, like if you asked me before i got into lifting myself it was like oh you powerlifting it's like you just train and off you go you don't need maybe that uh, i guess to rewind that a good example is like we used to have that checklist um of like do you want to compete yeah, um, there's that old blog floating around yeah. like and it's probably the reason I've I've haven't other than Reese haven't actually taken anyone to the stage, um, because no one I've had has actually ticked every box on that. Yeah. And I always just thought, well powerlifting the list is a whole lot shorter than that. What I'm learning is it's actually just as long but in different, different areas. Ways, yeah, yeah. Um so understanding like the importance of if I say do an RPE of eight, do an RPE of eight. <laughs> like because it's like it's literally you can see it straight away especially with the stronger the clients get it's like okay so you overshot and then three days later they're like oh this hurts today Yeah. it's like what am I doing wrong on my dead list? It's, no, it's like no you cooked from your squats Yeah. you didn't back off what you should have and just stuff like that um, so from an adherence standpoint I'm actually surprised how important it is mm. to, to hit those numbers and that kind of stuff especially <laughs> as your programming gets more advanced there's less Room for error. Yeah. Um. So even building that into programming now, it's like, well, this person I know.
0: Yeah. Instead
1: of having that. a day in between, they might just do all three in a row. Yeah. Um. And instead of following their RPE, they might overstretch. So it's like almost allowing for that leeway. Yeah. For that no, certain definitely.
0: client, and then some clients that are super adherent, it's like you do this when I tell yep. you to do this. I think knowing your athlete is important, or knowing your client. Yeah. Um, is really important, and even. Getting the buy in from them, like the deload week and the peaks as well. Yeah. Like getting the understanding of what they're for. <coughs> Especially yeah, when you right. go from like a brutal strength phase yeah. before the peak. Yeah. And then they're like on that whole, oh, I need to move as much as I can yeah. for all of the sets and be, yeah. you know, coming out of the gym legless and yeah. doing the deload. Um, or even the peak programs, like go for like maybe 30, 40 minutes yeah. compared to an hour and a half. And they're like, oh, is that oh, it? What? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah. that's it. Yeah. You know, you'll understand. And then just saying to them, you'll understand on the day. Yeah, when you feel great. Yeah, yeah. and you just have to reinforce the same thing over and over and over again and get them to understand that. And then yeah. once the day comes and they outperform um, everything, you know, yeah. then they're like, oh, cool, so this is what yeah. the process is. But yeah. it's a, even having another client doing the lift-off now, first ever... Uh, Lead into uh, like a weightlifting environment because yeah. it's always just been like you know body composition goals and we've yeah. just weight trained. Um, communicating that's really hard because it's yeah. like when you body comp training, it's, yeah. it just, it's just output and yeah. you know training for like in, in hypertrophy based parameters typically. Yeah, um, so yeah, it's a yeah. really good so experience. Then, so then, yeah, just sit down for seven minutes yeah. and then do it again. It's like. So your workout goes yeah. from an hour and a half to forty-five minutes. Yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah. it. Go home. Yeah. yeah. And you're doing
1: so, yeah five to ten sets a week.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so the day was great. We, going back to Dylan's comp, it was very exciting. Um, and then now we can think about you know what's next and um, yeah. just trying to get some longevity into him yeah, if he yeah, wants yeah. to go down that path and yeah. stuff. So it's good. So the feedback you've gotten from him is he liked it enough to want to do it again? Yeah. Well, he's yeah. pretty talented, especially if we look at maybe properly looking at weight classes in a competitive format like yeah didn't even bother about that this time obviously yeah, it's not yeah. something that you really need to do in an amateur event yeah. or oh, an obvious event sorry however now it's like if we could get him a bit lighter get him into that low 70 what, what's the light what's the category under 82
1: 75
0: yeah I think it is 75 well let's just say it is for example yeah. like you know 77 so if you're yeah. getting 75 then like he's a pretty strong human yeah. at 70, uh, 75 yeah uh, so yeah it's just yeah. and then obviously working on the the things that presented themselves on the day is, yeah. uh, you know, work in progress. You know, yeah, he got Got uh, red lighted on his third attempt on the bench press, which he smoked it. It was a technical thing. Yeah. Um, and that's what I said to him on the day. I said, which we knew. Yeah, you know, we was a we discussed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, there's a bit of a running joke with Dylan and I have got because like you know about him red lighting on the bench press, yeah. but um, he we, won't, he won't do it again. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, everything like the only thing that was gonna Um, The only reason why he was going to red light on the day was a technical issue. Yeah. You know, because he smoked 100 in terms of speed. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, he just didn't get enough heel drive into the ground. And, you know, that was my biggest uh, concern leading up to the day. All I talked about was that, as you know. Yeah. Every single thing I communicated to him was about the heel drive and keeping his glutes in contact with the bench. However... We hadn't bench pressed 100 kilos before. Yeah. Um. So you know that's obviously loads gonna yeah, sometimes accentuate weakness or new, technical issues. A
1: new weight goes back to that default setting. Yeah. Like you forget to talk to yourself through those cues. It's like, yep. that's heavy. That's heavy. That's heavy. Rather than yep. like, all right, pull the bar down, push your heels down. Those those types of things. So. Yep.
0: Yeah. So that's the next thing now is just working on those, like off his, on his bench press in particular. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like if he wants to go, we want to set another date. Yeah. We're in. I'm in. Yeah. So. Cool. Um, all right. So the next topic we wanted to cover
1: was um, I went on a little bit of a rant last week. Should we do the coaching one first? Uh, I was going to come back to that because we'll tie in with all of this. Yeah, sweet. All right. Let's do that. So um, it was basically on. A couple of days before, um, the guys from JPS, I think even Lane Norton, basically jumped on F45 and the meal plan being so restrictive. It's your standard cookie cutter, 1,200 calories, drop heaps of weight, do heaps of training type of approach. So singled out F45 based on that that was like what everyone was talking about. But the message of the post was, for me, for mine, was it's not, it's not F45 that... Where the problem lies the problem lies in the culture that we have as maybe as people outside of say our circle the rest of the population think that still that's what needs to happen to get results yeah. that you have to eat super low calories do heaps of cardio um, run yourself into the ground and do like crazy movements and patterns and all this stuff to elicit some kind of response so I would like to maybe the point I was trying to get with the post is like well how about we start instead of just ragging on this brand or this fad or this whatever that's out at the moment why don't we just continue either if you're going to call it out call it all out call every single time you see it call it out don't just pick on one thing at that time that's hot Um, let's actually look at it happening everywhere yep. is my kind of problem with it so if we look at uh, maybe group training as a whole we see that kind of mentality we see things like plyometrics which if you can't accelerate um, or decelerate more importantly um, under control so what I used to when I used to do plyos I don't anymore at all was like if you can jump and I can you can land in a fashion that I don't hear your feet then cool, you can jump. Like you've kind of ticked, and everything. Obviously, reference lines and all that kind of stuff as well. But if you can control that deceleration in a point to a point where there's no like shock impact, then I'm cool with you to do that. Um, if you're outside of normal body fat ranges, the impact's too high. Being if you're heavy, yeah. If you're just a big human, yeah, like heavy. running at the moment <laughs> for me is hard because <laughs> um, I'm just way above my normal weight. So It's just like. That's not a good training mo- modality for fat loss. Yeah. Like fat people shouldn't probably be primarily doing jumping, running, no. that kind of stuff. Um, and that was the gripe we had with CrossFit back in the day. It was like the average CrossFitter had um, something like 1.5 times the impact of a field sport athlete per week in their training. So it's like if someone who's running on a field, getting That's bashed into all of that kind of stuff and you look at the injuries that come from that then doing that as a training modality kind of seems stupid Yeah. Um, now I think I think all of these things have their place and what I always try and do um, is so as to not be that arrogant kid that I probably was in my early 20s is alright when can we use this stuff when is it let's say that the principle is good but it's just being applied right so when can we use these modalities? Plyometrics, basically, for mine, strength conditioning realm only. And yep. even um, Crossfit, I think it's... I'm actually a huge... I don't talk about it much because it gets shat on, but I'm a huge closet, like, professional-level Crossfit fan. Love watching the games every year when they come out. watch all the Netflix docos. Jason's doing that mean face <laughs> at the moment. What the fuck? <laughs> um, love it as a sport, and... It- the interesting thing is, when CrossFit came out, I actually read the Level One manual. Manual, it's fucking great. Yeah, like structured. Do this one day. Do this the next day. Program for this. Allow for this. Make these considerations. Aside from like the zone diet, which you know, in and of itself isn't bad. It's just probably a little bit restrictive and unnecessary. Yeah. If you're training that much volume, you probably should be eating high glycemic carbs. Yep. for performance but overall the thing's great and intelligently programmed and done really well it's just bastardised because your wow workout of the week is more entertaining and sells better so that's what everyone does yep. you don't see people coming in very often there's good CrossFit boxes around don't get me wrong teaching people with DAOs how to get into position and doing 30 minute warm up to actually have not only the mobility but the stability to hold all these positions and as a coach, I had um, actually had a client from the states who'd worked with some college athletes and done a lot of Olympic lifting. Yeah. As soon as she brought it up in the console, I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. It's like, and my cro- going to get my CrossFit level one in eight hours isn't going to teach me how to Anyways. perform a lift- Olympic lifts correctly. Let alone teach them. Let alone correct them online. Yeah. Like it's. No Not happening So You've got these Gymnastic movements um, Olympic movements All these things That are really difficult To do well Done at speed Repetitively Under fatigue
0: Yeah I think So I feel like I should say something Firstly Um, (laughs) Because I need to breathe So The biggest The biggest thing Is the fatigue element For me Yeah I've always I've always Like Sorry Complexity of movement Spatial awareness and fatigue. Yeah. So you're taking Altogether. yes, Joe. So we put them in an environment. So yeah. if I introduce a technical movement to a client, mm-hmm. so you know we've all got our own scale of how technical the movement is. But if it's yeah. a really if it's a new movement, it involves more than one joint. In my opinion, for the general population who are going to, you know, at some point in time struggle to just sit and stand, yeah, and do all that. It's a complicated movement. Yeah. So then you got to think about the prescription of that. So I'm like, you know closed skill environment, mm-hmm. you know, can do it in their own, you know, time and whatever, and it's like the reps are really low. Yeah. I don't care about because it's not about fatigue, it's not about strength. It's about acquiring the skill, skill from you know learning the movement and whatever. Yeah. And then you scale it up from there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um in this environment, in these environments, you're just taking people that don't have any spatial control, don't have enough baseline strength. Yeah. And then you're adding fatigue in my opinion it is just a recipe for disaster and it's the same if you're just programming like a circuit workout for a client but it's not a reflection of the rest of the training that they're doing so it's like if your client's doing um on a squat bench and deadlift program let's just say for example and then in their in their circuit program they're doing fucking hang cleans and presses and shit it's like how the fuck do you expect them to yeah you know do that skill uh let alone on its own, but in an environment where there is time, speed, a competitive nature, and it, fatigue, and it, yeah, you know, and with a relative load. Uh, so, at the end of the day, it comes down to programming, yeah, um, and and even just structuring uh, the 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 training and and all that. Like with with these establishments that we've spoken about, these yeah. companies, yeah, um, their main level of service is getting better at fitness. Yes, you know, so yeah. So it's just like. Do movement, get better at it, yeah. and and now they're doing their best to manage the energy energy out equation yeah. by giving people these ridiculously low diets because it's like you know what's going to happen from a business standpoint. Yeah, you know, right. like it's like if I if I really wanted to be like a conniving, sneaky, you know, uh, <laughs> bullshit marketing personal trainer, yeah, I'll put them on the supermodel diet, yeah and give them a program and make it different and pattern it and that yeah. and I'll be and then I'd have all these before and afters but they're not there'll be no but the after after uh, pics yeah. you know yeah. and sell it like that but I'm you know there's a lot of people out there that aren't going to do that but there's people that are yeah. and from a business standpoint it's about marketing it's and about if, reputation it's about that 8 week period where if you, you sell in that scenario if you
1: sell 100 only 10 people stick to it you yep. got 10 photos that sells yep. the next 100
0: yeah. That's all we need. And for the ones that got favorable results and then it didn't work, and they're only going to remember the time that they got favorable res- results. And it's yeah. not about the fact that they really just severely underate and over, over- moved. You yeah. know? So they just yeah, got yeah, output, yeah. ridiculously high energy intake, um, ridiculously low. It's yeah. the fact I went to this particular gym, yeah. I did this particular diet. Yeah. So they go, they go back. Yeah. Yeah. And they tell their friends about it and yeah. you know, because they have so much energy yeah. which is placebo as fuck because yeah. if you're on 1,200 calories a day and you're training your ass off, yeah. no one has fucking that much energy. If you have, have lots of energy, you won't be doing your binge changes. Uh, one of them, one of them uh, and I'm, no, I'm never going to name names here, um, but one of them said don't have caffeine, don't have any of this shit and any artificial sweeteners and stuff, and then they had, in a little fucking plastic baggie, mm. a powder... And I was like, what the fuck is this? Well, yeah, because one outside. of my clients, it was fucking black powder, man. The pre workout. And I was like, so you're not allowed to have any, you Stimulance. know, um, <laughs> any cu- caffeine and uh, you can't have any fucking preservatives in your food and don't worry about the carbs and shit, like, because they, they'll, they'll make you fat. Just take this black powder, though. And you'll be fine. Because man. you can, oh, it's God. like, remember when we got banned from that face yeah, group yeah, the yeah. HCG drops yeah. on the 500 calorie diets? Same shit, you yeah. just take a fucking stimulants, man. Yeah. You know, so it's like suppress your appetite You know, yeah. so you won't eat a lot yeah. and then just force someone to push the needle for eight weeks. Yeah. Man, i have put my fucking house on it that people will get results. Will yeah. I put my house on, will they keep them? Hell no. No, not a chance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. I think the
1: biggest thing you touched on there with the training was the skill element. Um, and I've been trying to explain this to my clients at the moment, especially those ones in the, the lift-off. It's like right now you're getting really goddamn good at the skill yeah. of the squat bench deadlift. Yep. Now, you also need to be good at the skill of something like a seated row or a push-up or yep. a sit-up even, or... a plank for God's sake. Yeah. like Every single one of those element exercises has an element of skill involved. Now, if you are generally athletic, and to be honest, most of the people I know that do these types of um, group training modalities tend to be between like... 18 and 30, 35 the fit have played like competitive sports or something like that and they like that in the sweaty group training type thing so most of them have some form of ability to move, adding resistance changes so much though so like all of a sudden you've got like people doing deadlifts RDLs whether it be with kettlebells or bars um, jumping with weight like all this stuff change of directions that they just didn't have to deal with before and they weren't in a frequency or for a duration as before and they weren't under as much fatigue as before so what they're seeing now and what sparked me was um, Jacob from JPS basically they did a poll on their Instagram page and were like um, who's had like positive or negative um, feedback from these types of programs they got 400 responses of people who'd gotten hurt it's like Jesus, that's that's a high number. Um, and it, it's it's hard to know at some point there's some onus from on the client. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say none of my clients ever get hurt. Yeah. It's part, part of most of my clients lift heavy, being sore, sometimes having needles and stuff. It's part of that. Yeah, um, Have I had any serious injuries? I don't think I've had any uh, yeah. to this point, touch wood. So it's just about the way you're managing that risk at the end and end of the day. So I guess we'll try and close that whole thing up. And this is like all the eight-week, 12-week... Actually, we'll come back to the eight-week, 12-week challenges. But all the group training modalities that are um, output-based on low-calorie diets, have a think about all the stuff that we always talk about all the time. The people that listen to this podcast are probably not the right people because they kind of know it already, hopefully, if they've listened to us before. But just be aware of what's going to happen after. Can you sustain the approach that you're taking right now for a long period of time um, or not, basically? Yeah. So tying into that is the 8 and the 12-week challenges that we see. So this whole thing sparked from one of the challenges that the diet plan came out from and stuff. Now, I'm as a whole generally anti anything that says 8, 12-week challenge because it instantly in my head I'm like, that's just a sales gimmick. However, it was interesting actually this morning. I saw, um, as opposed to I tagged you in, they actually did like an eight week zero to um, lifting program. Yep. And I was like, that's great. That is eight weeks from zero to having a skill, yep. which is being able to do a movement. Um, I know there's a few of our guys that run eight and 12 week challenges with like small group stuff. But it's the same thing, it's like, your eight weeks is actually two, four week programs. We'll actually teach you how to eat sustainable, yep. sustainably throughout a long period of time. So at the at end of the eight weeks, it's more about the
0: skills that you gained in the eight weeks than the picture. Yeah, I think um, if you take the word challenge out. Yeah. Like, in, you know, it's like an eight week journey of education and yeah. you know, um, learning the skill of lifting and yeah. um, how to Integrate uh, different ha- positive behaviors into your life and changes to your diet. Yeah, if you could put that in one word, that's challenge. Yeah, know, um, that's more what yeah it's, our guys are doing exactly. And it's that it's the
1: interpretation of that word that gets broken because there's like yeah. there seems to be two groups. It's like one group that like you were saying like want to genuinely help people and are caring about the after the after photo then there's the other one that's like okay we need to get some good before and after pictures because that's what people want yeah so our goal is to make you lose the most amount of weight in that time period yeah rather than the most amount of weight in a 12 month period etc yeah
0: all right um so while we're on that I'm one gonna chime in on this as Go well um so i don't mind a time frame
1: mm-hmm.
0: there just needs to be a prerequisite for it yep so if I had like let's use Amy for an example understands nutrition inside now yeah can knows what an RPE 10 is knows yeah. what an RPE 8 is knows what an RPE 6 is yeah regularly works out never misses a session yeah very rarely something only if life gets in the way yeah I can set a six week time frame and go yeah cool let's go yeah 100%. and that is where a, a, a short time frame of you know making things um uh, Really challenging for someone, yeah. um, in terms of you know if they want to make positive changes to their body composition in a very short period of time. I can do that with someone like that. We're talking about taking beginners. Well, you don't have to
1: reward her for points every time she trains.
0: Yeah, so which is where the, the problem, other ones go, right? The problem, the problem is you're t- you're taking people, and we and it's going back to what we'll talk about before. is people who don't understand any of this stuff, so they don't have that checklist. You know, you're like yeah, yeah. the checklist to compete, the checklist to powerlift. Yeah, there's a fucking checklist to you know, changing your body composition, yeah, yeah, improving yeah. your health, and moving it. You know, in, yeah. a, in an environment of fatigue, and the, most of these people don't have that checklist. So, the the eight week challenge is like, let's push these people as hard as we can, mm-hmm. and hopefully they survive. Yeah, yeah, and if, and then you know the amount of people that don't survive, and it's because no one's taught them the recovery no one's taught them proper nutrition they didn't have a good starting base point at the start the amount of people that i have sat down with me after the questionnaire and i in my head i'm just like this person's nowhere near ready yeah it's like the prep to prep yeah. Uh, uh yeah without yeah, stealing yeah. that off the muscle nerds um yeah it's like there's a period where you need to get everything right to then go for it yeah and that's where people are missing it it's you know, just, yeah. all right, hit the ground running, even though you don't know how to run. Yeah. And just run as hard as you can. Yeah. And if something breaks, well, whatever. Yeah. But if you make it, yeah, Great. sweet. Yeah. Here's the before and after shot we've got. Yeah. Um, but we won't worry about the shot after that. Yeah. Because most likely you'll be back at the start, worse, injured, whatever. Yeah. No. Most of the time, people aren't going back into the gym on week 9 mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah.
1: 100%. So, one thing that I was... Thinking about coming off the back of that was... We talk about exercise being a skill and stuff. And what you just talked about there too is... Nutrition is also a skill. Yep. So this will come out in a couple of weeks now. Um, But Cup Day for us yesterday. um, (sighs) Men a day off. And also the worst day in the world for my fitness pal to go down. Um, I reckon I had maybe four or five people... Like, you're trying to get me angry. What's happened? What's going on? Um, so what I was kind of curious about, and this is partly come off the back of that, but also I had a response to my rant. I had a couple of responses indirectly, um, but one of them was like, um, Don't track food, don't, um, don't track food, don't follow a program. And it was just like a mirror selfie with abs. Yeah, it's so, like, Okay, cool. I also watch all of your stories and know that you eat protein every meal, you eat salad and stuff every meal, you manage your carbohydrate and your fat intake and you're managing your energy balance.
0: You're just doing it without counting. Yeah, and at some point in your life, in your lifting career, you had.
1: Correct. Because otherwise you wouldn't know. Exactly. Your diet would not be set up the way that it is because just saying I'm going to have... Uh, and I, I put this in the post, it's like, you don't have to count uh, protein to the gram every single time.
0: No.
1: Most of m- my clients, you do, because of the people that I work with, but most people will get great benefits from eating one for females, two for males, palms of protein, four times per day. Yep. That's tracking macros. That's tracking energy. That's tracking your food. Mm. It's just done without numbers. It's the same shit. So, you get like this pushback of like, oh well, I don't. It's like well, you have and you do yeah. and you apply strategies. Even like it's portion management, even just the, in a different way. The I oh, don't eat carbs after six. Yeah. It's like you're still tracking and manipulating energy balance and macro mm. intake. You just, just don't treating, know that just you're doing food intake it, which is like at a certain time of the day. Yeah, it's like it's maybe if you knew, you would actually be able to structure that better. If you like eating food at night, yeah, like just this the mentality of the pushback of like, oh, well, I don't. It's like Just because you don't have a food diary that you log everything every day doesn't mean that you're not tracking in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. And it also, for those maybe new coming in, you don't have to go to the level necessarily that we talk about to make positive changes. We talk about the best way. What's the fastest way? What's the most optimal way? What's gonna get you the best results in the shortest time for the longest period? Sometimes you can go back from that a little bit and just kind of manage it.
0: A hundred percent. What people need to understand with nutrition is if you want to uh, adopt a specific paradigm, a nutrition paradigm, there's pros and cons that come with it. Yeah. So if I don't want to, let's use the, like, I don't want to weigh my food. Yep. So if you don't want to weigh your food, the, the drawback of that is that you have to go for these low energy nutritionally dense foods which of course we're going to advocate but the flip side of that is you have no understanding when you go and have a burger or a highly palatable meal which is usually high carb high fat together um and you have no understanding of energy balance and you then you know these meals start creeping back in because there's you know uh Food psychology and, you know, reactions of specific foods on the brain and stuff. And, you know, once you go from these low energy dense foods and start dipping your toes into these really highly palatable foods and aren't tracking your energy balance, um, that's where the recipe for disaster lies. So you almost have to, like, adopt the lifestyle. So it's like if you you want to ad-lib diet then it is the using your palms as a protein source yep. and your fists as carbs and whatever um, your, whatever you can cup in your hand is carbs sorry and your veggies and whatnot. Yep. but it's like you stick to a group of foods yeah you don't have the freedom
1: that say someone like Jason and I yep. have in terms of food choices
0: yeah it's the lean meats yep. low fat foods yep. because you'll get some fats in the meats yeah um, and then it's like veggie salads and you know lower glycemic carbs yep. you know whatever that is means. or means <laughs> Um, but that's the the choice that you've made and yeah. then the flip side of that is like if you track your food even for a short period of time just awareness yeah. you know one of my clients didn't realise that you know the untracked meal that she was having on the weekend which I wasn't advocating but it was just easy yeah. you know was 850 calories yeah. and if you're having 1400 because you're a small human yeah she was like holy fuck yeah, I didn't yeah, realise yeah. that that's my weak stuff yeah I'm yeah. like so you, you know exactly and then yeah. when you're you understand this uh, metabolic equation that we're working with that governs body composition, energy, energy out, and then a couple other factors as well. You can really overstep the mark yeah. um, from once, you know, just one day, one meal, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, everything comes at a cost. And then, like everything, you draw a line in the middle. It's like, well, at some point, someone had to track their food, yeah. understand what's in their food, understand variety. Yeah. Um, understand that there's these food groups over here that are really energy dense, um, you know, uh, sorry, low energy dense, but are very nutritious from a micronutrient standpoint. Yeah, they're going to make the foundation of the diet. But there's for other foods out there that are highly palatable, highly calorie dense. Um, and you're a fucking liar if you say you don't like a little bit of chocolate, <laughs> a little bit of chocolate, ice <laughs> cream. I'll put in my um my Insta story the other day, and the amount of people that laughed at that. Yeah. Um, because it's true. Yeah. Um. You know, you, you can bring a bit of that stuff in and still keep it within that yeah. um, energy in, energy out um, equation that we're working with to you know um, improve someone's body composition. Yeah, and just like uh, try not to talk
1: about me because it's all about me. It's ahead of the Um <laughs> So yesterday, for example, so we're in the middle of moving house, so we have like no food, basically eating out most of the time. Yeah. Um, so yesterday was like, we're still unpacking. We still had not really grocery shopped yet. It was all kind of a bit all over the place. We had people come over. Um, they brought us like churros for like congratulations on your new place. Um, then we had people there and we're like, we don't have any food. We're going to have to go out for dinner. So over the day, churros, ate out for, th- for Thai food, um, ate normal around my workout. Had uh, would already had a protein shake. Cool, went out for dinner, came home. Oh, my fitness pal's back up. I wonder. So, put everything in, um, and it was like, before bed, so I was like, I actually wouldn't mind some more food at the moment, um, but I'll plug everything in and see where I'm at. Yep. I basically came down to, I was over in my fats, under in my carbs, so total Sweet. calories were fine, Done. Yeah. and I needed about 35 grams of protein. Cool. So, I was like, okay, so I'll have a shake and go sleep. Yeah. So, it's like, over a whole day of random crazy stuff i was able to look at that packet of churros and go "Eh, i'm only gonna have two of them yeah um, i'm fortunate enough to be on high calories that i can have two yeah um, like your 1400 calorie client probably yeah. wants half of one of them yeah um went out cool that's the um thai actually had it was a nice Thai place that actually had steak in their curry instead of like whatever the normal beef is that's kind of iffy beef yeah. um, so it was real food had veggies and stuff in it rice was nicely portioned everything was easy to count search it up as, as good as possible I yeah. always go for the higher one yeah of course it's like if I'm eating out it's probably going to have more fat in it than yeah. the like you know, yeah, how it's prepped and The Everest one cooking, or whatever yeah. the ones always come up yeah. Um, so yeah always go for the higher one with that turned out to be within what's like three fours is 120 calories by the end of the day I needed a to top up on protein yeah. so tracking consistently for a period of time has allowed me to be able to make those types of decisions yeah. on the fly and end up in a good position
0: yeah so going back to my fitness pal going down if you if you've been tracking for a little while now and you lost your shit because my fitness pal went down yeah in my opinion are you haven't adopted the, any any knowledge yeah. or anything that you've learnt from, about nutrition yeah. my fitness pal went down I just went to log in I'm like ah oh, you know whatever yeah. and I just ate like food. normal food Yeah, <laughs> um, and then it yeah. was like oh it's up alright and I didn't track anything because yeah. like who gives a
1: fuck it's yeah, like yeah. one day yeah.
0: um, did I eat like an asshole no, no. Yeah. Um, did I have a protein source at every meal yes like you know all I'm trying to say is when you're when you're interested in your health, you're interested in your body composition, you you should be learning the principles of nutrition and seeing how they apply to yourself because, yeah. you know, we can't sit here and say, this is how everyone should eat um, because, you know, people respond to things very, very differently, but you need to have a really good understanding alright well this is what generally I need to have in the, in the diet which is your food and drink and then yeah if you can't punch it into a fucking app like it's all good like still continue to eat and you've got this auto regulatory system yeah. of everything and food portions is one of them as well like yeah. the amount of times I've cut a piece of whatever and gone this is going to be 50 grams yeah. put it on yeah. 50 grams and I'm talking not 49 51 <laughs> I'm talking fucking 50 and I can really do that every time 15 grams of butter, teaspoon, boom, I wonder how much it is. 15 grams of butter. So that's the that's the next step for everyone. Like for the ones that are losing their shit over MFP. It's like yeah. take to take a shift towards mindfulness now. Yeah. It's like try and eat a couple of days of, you know, maybe track, track at the end of the day. Yeah, that exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like just see because then you, you are learning and yeah. you're becoming aware of your food, yeah. you're not relying on an app to support your diet. You know, yeah. And support your eating yeah. habits. Yeah, don't,
1: don't learn how to clock my fitness pal. Learn how to eat using my fitness pal. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the biggest piece of advice I can give for them. And um, time and a place to really hit defined numbers. For most of you guys, um, you might do it eight weeks a year. Yeah. You know, 12 weeks a year yeah. if you're getting super peeled.
1: That was uh, that was the Instagram clip worthy, that one. Make pretty note good. of that, ten, Note down the time. Yeah. out that. It's pretty damn good. <laughs> Um, alright so I did post like how do you track your food I had probably five responses most of them said my fitness pal one of them said mindful mindful eating which is what we just talked about yeah. um, and, and that kind of tied into the point I wanted to make that mindful eating comes from knowing nutrition and knowing how to eat and then that allows you to make positive decisions um, in a, over a longer time mindful eating is not restrictive eating it's not the same thing um, I have a lot of people who obviously come in they're, I eat really healthy and it's like, cool, let's go through your food and it's like, fuck, you have zero fat all day or you have zero carbohydrates all day or like not enough protein, whatever. Mindful means you actually understand what you're eating, why you're eating it and how it affects you. Yeah. All right. So coming back to tying all of this together, um, based on some stuff we've seen around of late, um, just having a look at different uh, personality types and approaches and stuff in terms of coaching, yep, and what we consider to be important. I actually put it out to um, Instagram as well, and it was the one I got the biggest response from. I actually got quite a lot of responses on that, yep, yep. So,
0: so what do you look for when you're hiring a coach? So, how about I wouldn't mind taking a different angle <coughs> from this and talking about what I think I should do as a coach. Okay, let's and do that. I like it. we'll go back to like what other, other people look for. Yeah, 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 So one of the biggest things that I... Reflecting on the weekend, reflecting on... Like when you competed, it was really awesome for me to take a step back and look at the coaches coaching the clients. Yeah. And I think from... a As a coach, it's really good to have a look at how one person may look after a group of people yeah. and then even break it down to how they get the most out of each, each individual. person individually. Yeah. Then go forward, fast forward to last weekend, then it was, I was in the hot seat yeah. and it was like, I know this is my athlete, yeah. this is what needs to be done, this is the environment he's in, he's got his friends, his family, yeah. he's got his kids there, yeah. you know all these people that are you know, invested in him, he's obviously... Doing this for himself, but you know, there's an element of you know his family and friends there as well. How am I supposed to get the best out of him? What am I supposed to do mm-hmm. to facilitate that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the whole at the whole time, I'm always thinking, my athlete, my athlete, my athlete, my athlete. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like there's there were people there on the day and at your comp where it wasn't that yeah. they weren't thinking like that. It was, yeah. you know. This athlete's going to make me look good, and yeah. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to yell and be, you know, yeah. really loud and tough and right. Everyone's yeah, going to look yeah. at me, yeah. so to see me jing up my athlete and all that kind of stuff. And even like um, one of the biggest things is like when one person missed their lift, the reaction from their coach was just, in my opinion, disgraceful. Was like just ah, you know, like right. just yeah. really animated and whatever. And then like watching the other people missed their lifts, their coach was just real like, it's all good, yeah. this is what happened, come over here, yeah. let's go to a real quiet space, get away from everyone, yeah. just have a bit of a chat, and like, and it's like, the next, let's focus on the next lift, mm-hmm. and when Dylan missed his bench press, you know he had everyone coming up to him. oh, what, what happened, missing that, oh, was it because of this, was it because of that, and I'm just like, whoa, 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 it's all good, yeah. I'm like, you just lifted your bum up off the seat, bro. Yeah. Um, focus on the next lift, but you got deadlifts up now, Yeah. so that, you, know, you know you warm up, you know what you've got to do, start doing your routine before that, yeah. you know, just keeping them focused on what's yeah. next. You can stay awake and think about the deadlift you missed tonight. Yeah. Right now,
1: it's about the deadlift coming up yeah. right now. Yeah, Sorry, so
0: the you missed. Yeah. So I think, um, we need to, as a coach, you need to understand your role on the day, and you know, even in the gym, and, and all that kind of stuff, is to get the best out of that person, and, if sometimes it's just taking a back seat and, you know, just working out, all right, he needs to warm up, he needs to... Sit. Like, I you know, n- knowing Dylan, like, you know, I heard someone say to someone, oh, I'm going to slap the shit out of your back for this next lift. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, do all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, how do you even know? And they were laughing and giggling about it. Yeah. It's like they were just doing it because cool powerlifting, bro. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you even know if that's what he... Needs. needs and have you done it before and yeah. so yeah. for me knowing Dylan and knowing um, his demeanor and, and just even having a back think thinking like well, when do we get the best out of him yeah. we're in the gym it's just him and I yeah. we don't think about anyone it. else and, yeah. you know, and he was doing the whole like oh this guy's saying this about me and you know they are getting a bit competitive and stuff and, it, and for me you can get bored into that yeah. you know you can be like you know, pump his tyres up you're stronger than me and you fuck yeah. alright and understand. then I was just yeah. like don't worry about it bro yeah. like go do your warm up you've yep. got your lifts that you need to do you, you, you know yep. and I guess we just need to accept that that's our role yeah and you know that's kind of what you're there for too that's, though yeah. Even at a bodybuilding show, like it's really easy to go start looking at other people and you start sizing them up and you start saying, "Oh, you got him, bro," and yeah. you know all that kind of stuff. Like, "Oh, your glutes are shredded, more shredded than his," and
1: yeah.
0: um, you know your back sticker. It's like, yeah. how do you feel? Yeah, do yeah, you yeah. warm up and just go out and then yeah. have some fun, yeah. man? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was the biggest thing. Like, was just making sure that he had a really good day. And you know, I, look, it was so good for me. I just sat back and one someone said to me, "Oh, you've got the worst job," and I was like, "What's?" That? What's that? And they're like, I oh, just got to sit here and wait. And I was like, oh, I fucking love I was, this. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you get to see six months of hard work from someone come to fruition. And I think yeah, like that's when you that. know you're that's when you know you're a coach. Yeah, like like I could sit back and just be like, this is what I like to do. Yeah, you know, it's like I like to just pull the strings a bit at the back. Yeah, and then just see it all come together. Yeah, and it was just so rewarding. Um, like I didn't have to tell anyone. Yeah, I just yeah sat yeah. back and was like, even if it sat in my car at the end of it. I was just like. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that was yeah. so good. And yeah. um, just reinforces why I love this industry, yeah. job, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, was that. So yeah. everyone's got an expectation from a client what a coach should be. And that's what we're going to discuss. But I yeah. feel like as a coach, you need to have an expectation of yourself as well. Yeah. And, you know, I guess that's probably what we are more addressing right now.
1: From a, from a client's perspective, obviously, having competed recently, first one, I my biggest thing was I didn't want to be I didn't want to be the weakest dude yep. on the day. Like I, I deliberately was like I'm gonna be mid pack when I compete. Um, then I went up a weight class, so I ended up being yeah. in the lower third, but whatever. Um, I actually found the way Ben handled me, kept me calm, all of that sort of stuff. I actually didn't even watch the people after me. Yeah. I didn't see um, the dude who won. You were like, he's a beast right? And I was like, oh, okay. Like, Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. So we yeah. opened with 260 on a squat. Shit, okay. Because yeah. I was out the back yeah, just on doing a phone roller or yeah. eating or stretching yeah. or whatever. And then I came out because I like to watch powerlifting yeah. and watched the 100s, 110s yeah. and so on because I like watching it. Yeah. But my own class was like, i got shit to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to... Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you, I hear people will come up and be like, in my own class, be like, oh, that was, rah rah. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'd, I'd love to tell you, your squat was good bro, but I didn't so. watch it. <laughs> yep. So, I think, yeah, and no, I, I actually want to keep that as a theme for me, it's just like, just go, I want to keep competing, I'm obviously, it's not going to be magic in six months, that I'm going to be on the podium, yeah, um, but I want to keep improving, just keep doing my own thing, and I feel like if I do that, then eventually I'll be competitive anyway. Yeah. And I, If I can be competitive with that mindset, it's going to be a better environment for myself. The pressure is going to be less on the way out, less likely of mistakes and that kind of thing. So having that coach there to keep you in that zone from a competitive standpoint, but also exactly the same, like you said, in the gym, we bring the whole thing together. So that's how you train people as well. Yeah. Like how often have you had, oh, like she's got this or that client's doing that. It's like, yeah, cool. You're doing this. Yeah. Just
0: yeah. yeah, and that's, so they're looking to, to you for that, you know, cool headed collectiveness focus and all of that. So if you don't have that, yeah, it's like, um, like we're dog owners. So let's just use the analogy. Yeah. Go to a dog park, um, you got your dog on the lead. If you're nervous, they're yeah. nervous. Yeah. if you're angry they're angry if you're yeah. a bit standoffish they are they reflect your behavior yeah not to it's probably a really poor analogy like my pet and <laughs> my client but it's like on in those particular moments yeah the they're looking for you yeah. they're drawing off your energy your demeanor your behavior yeah. your thoughts so yeah. if you buy into all of those negative behaviors yeah. you're enabling them to that person to behave that way too. Yeah. And it just takes them so far away from what they need on the day. Yeah. Um, you're essentially sabotaging them.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that's not 100%. what you're there for. Yeah. And it's it's knowing when what client needs what. Yep. So like just an hour ago I had a client who loves a chat between rest periods. We get along really well, awesome. And it was just a matter of alright, cool. Her approach we deadlisted today, it was like I want you to step off the platform every time and then walk up to the platform to say you live so I need you to remove yourself from the conversation that we're having yeah. prior to the timer going off. Go and approach the bar and do what you've got to do and think about that right yeah. now. Then we can have fun. Because if I take fun out of the session, yeah, you know, I don't it's, want to train. Yeah. But it's knowing when to flip and when to flop. Yep. Um, and I think and I don't mind doing it publicly, <clears throat> there was a um, a bench that slipped or something. We didn't actually see totally what happened. Yeah. Um, A bench slipped out of someone's Uh, hand. So
0: the the bar slipped out of the hand and it hit the safety. Yeah, and and it hit him a little bit. It fell quickly. Yes, No one expects a bar to leave the hand of a lifter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So Alex Deacon down at PTC South Melbourne um, was his client. The way he handled that situation, I looked at you at the time and just went, He's a fucking good coach. Yeah. It was like everyone wanted to know what happened. Everyone was staring at this guy. Mm. It's a novice comp. Mm. You had a room full of 100 people all mm. turn around, like, yeah. Oh, did you just die? Now he just grabbed him straight away yeah. down to the back of the gym. No one is. Let's yeah. go have a chat. Did that. And then I noticed maybe 15 minutes later, um, dude, I watched the video, did actually make contact with you. Show, list up your shirt, show me. Like, don't pretend you're okay if yeah, you're not. Alan. Everything was chilled. Everything was no stress. was no, like, oh, fuck, you're yeah. all right. Oh, my God, what happened? It was, like, everything was relaxed. Everything was cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> put it all together. And then I think he went on to lift for the rest of the day. Yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that you want to see. 100%. Yeah. So big credit to, to Alex for
0: that as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great coach.
1: Um, so I pose the question, what do you look for when you're going to hire a coach? I've got some very varied and interesting responses yep. um, the, the most recent one was just give a thousand fucks yeah. um, which I like it's like they actually like you just said you were there for Dylan to get a result Yeah. in the gym you're there for the client to get a result and you genuinely care about what they're achieving not how much you're getting paid or yeah,
0: when you can go home or when you can post the next thing on Instagram that's right yeah
1: yeah whatever it is you're genuinely interested in their results and when you do go and do all that stuff it's because you're, you're excited and you're
0: proud you're reinforcing it yeah that yeah. po- positive um, obviously communication 100% is like if you Non-tense can't to the law mate yeah, if
1: you can't communicate
0: yeah I've seen some really intelligent people yeah um, uh, just poor communicators and yeah. it's just don't get the message across, it's going to make things very challenging. Yep. Yeah, stay online where you can email maybe. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um, this is actually one of my clients, so I'll, I'll take a tick for this one. Um,
0: science-based and personalised. Yeah, so uh, le- maybe we should call it evidence-based.
1: Yeah, which... Yeah, yeah just yeah, so yeah, yeah.
0: we get very clear. I, I think the more we do this podcast, the more distinct and clear we like to be with yeah, the language. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Um Science is very broad, yeah. Um, but evidence gives us an impression to apply things yeah. in the future, and it also and allows you to be like, "Well, my evidence is that I've done it with four other people, was, and it yeah. worked." Yeah. So sometimes evidence isn't always based way, off science. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or yeah. based off research. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and even like the um, it being personalised, like yeah. the depth of which that personalization is is different. Like the way I communicate with this client in particular. Is like once a week. It's actually pretty direct. It's quite do this, do this, do this, do this. See you in a week. Whereas a lot of my other clients want to touch base every week and yeah. get feedback and that kind of stuff as well. Um, to the point where I'm almost like at the end of every conversation, I'm like, Are you cool? Do you need anything from me? Like, yeah. do you want anything else? Like, there's more. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like, no, I'm cool. I'm just gonna go and apply myself to this. And to to this person's credit, does every week gets better every week. So that is working so the individualization is not just like whether they do a front squat or a back squat it's how you communicate it's how you coach yep. as well um <laughs> look the part that's not what actually yeah. it said it said jacked and shredded but
0: so i don't think you need to be jacked and shredded let's discuss this though <clears throat> but you do this is a big thing yeah this is a really really big thing oh, that's Tell me is... your tell me your thoughts. I, I I got an idea of what I think. You think. Yeah. Tell me your your absolute thoughts I'm, on it. To
1: be totally honest, I battle with this and it changes frequently. Yeah. So an example that I like is Bill Belichick, who is the coach of the Patriots, mm-hmm. who have won five rings in seven years. I think they're always been awesome. I think are the most successful team of all time. Yeah,
0: franchise history. One of my one of my clients was telling me about this yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and Tom Brady's the most successful QB yeah. of all time. Yeah. Tom Brady is the least athletic person that probably plays in the NFL. Yeah. Bill Bilichek didn't make it to college football. Yeah. Played high school. So it's like, cool. Here's a fat guy on the sideline that coaches the greatest franchise in the last ten years, probably in any sport. Yeah. So, he never played the game at that level, but is an incredible coach at that level. Alistair Clarkson's probably the coach of the last 10 years in AFL. Similar story, was a C-grade AFL footballer Mm -hmm. um, who was known basically just as a sniper. Um, So, it's like, okay, so he wasn't an amazing footballer, but has coached an amazing football team. When it comes into the gym... (sighs) trying to think of good coaches I know that are out of shape and I think I think where it breaks down into fitness a little bit is you can be passionate about sport and be involved in it without necessarily doing it because it's just like I can't yep. I think if you're passionate about what we do body composition strength that kind of stuff you want to do it because you're passionate about it Yeah. so if you do it because you're passionate about it it's going to show up how you look
0: yeah. Um,
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 But I also think back to being 65, 70 kilos, knowing that I could make people bigger and stronger than the guy in the gym who was 95 kilos and took drugs and looked better than me. And that still burns in me because it's like fucking smarter than that guy. And I could have got that person better results, but I don't look like that, so I didn't get the
0: opportunity Yeah, to. I understand. So it's, it's, it's a like I bit said,
1: I, I kind of... Flip-flop flip. between that a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that... I don't think you have to look like a superhero. Um, there's no uh, pressure. There shouldn't be a pressure as a personal trainer to look like a superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've had people come up to me before and be like, oh, have you have 6 packs?" I'm like, no. I don't no. fucking <laughs> like living yeah. together. Life sucks to yeah, get a six-pack yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, there needs to be... Like, the examples you just used then, though, like, people have had... Uh, like, they've put their toes in the water... Like they played the sport, yeah. Even like, so they have a good understanding. I think that at some point you have to figure out whatever it is you're delivering. So you have to figure out hypertrophy, yeah. You have to figure out strength training. You have to figure out, you know, kinesiology, yeah, human movement. So you have to figure those things out and how they directly apply to you. Um, it doesn't always reflect how they're going to directly apply to your clients because yeah. you know we've got genetic limitations and environmental limitations and and all those kind of things, but the one thing that you can't teach is passion. And being a a coach is, you're essentially a leader of a pack and influence is a really big thing. So there's not only like the fact that you know shit, it's your ability to influence others which is really gonna get the results, like get them to actually do what they need to do to get the result. Mm -hmm. And if you're an out of shape, lazy, you know, you don't kind of walk the walk kind of person, how are you supposed to set the example for other people to do what you're telling them to do if you're not going to yeah. do it? Yeah. So I think there's like a, an element of psychology to it. Like sure you're injured, you've got a limitation, um, something along those lines is fine. Or maybe like you were at you know early on in your career in ridiculously good shape. And then you just went, Oh, you know what? I don't want to do yeah. that anymore, but yeah. I want to coach other people. I feel like that's still relevant. Yeah. Um, but it's your ability to be an influencer and figuring out like the methodology to your service and, all those kind of things, like you kind of mesh it all up into a ball, and yeah. that's pretty much what we're working with. It shouldn't be um, the guy with the six pack or the yeah. girl with the best glutes who's you know a size six um, is going to get the best results because most of the time they're not. They're genetically blessed, and you know they kind of can do whatever, and they th- and they're a good athlete too, so yeah. they just do good things. They don't necessarily like coach others. So yeah. um, I'm I sit on the fence with that one, but I still think you need to be setting a good example of yeah. your service, whether it is. Body composition, strength training, you know, or you know, maybe just general fitness. Even the pressures of the pressure of that as a PT
1: is like pretty heavy sometimes as well. Like mm. <clears throat> I know with a lot of the trainers we work are like, you can tell that they don't necessarily have the confidence in themselves as athletes yet, like even to go train and that kind of stuff. It's like yep. or people are gonna judge me based on how much weight I lift or whatever. Yep. It's like yeah not necessarily one no. of our new trainers has put on um, she's a 55 kilo female and's put on four or five male clients in her first month yeah it's like they're, she's like they all outlift me it's like so yeah can you correct how they lift it it's yeah like, program. Yeah. I'm like, yeah sweet then do it yeah um but yeah like even we had the conversation early on in my prep that like alright um I want to kind of take our listing seriously and get to a certain level um And then the next thing that came out of my mouth without even thinking about it was it'll do great things for our business if I'm this level of coach. And at at the time I was like, well, business is always probably number one on the totem pole for me. Like, I I will sacrifice a workout a week if I have to work yeah, Um, because that's as high a passion as everything else. So it was like, well, that's going to be the reward for that. What actually happened, which I'm really grateful of, is I actually fucking love the process. And I actually... Typically in the past, like even playing footy and cricket and stuff yeah, when I was younger, I enjoyed training more than I did game day yep. a lot of the time. So kind of expected that to happen as well. It's like I just like to train and I'm going to go do a comp and the comp won't be the highlight. Yeah, But yeah, probably like 10 to 15 weeks out i realized i was really enjoying the process the learning experience from it um and then yeah like game day was unreal so it kind of shifted me to be like well i'm just going to go do that as an athlete thing and take care of that and that's almost training's almost come back to me now as it's my thing yep i don't train because i have to train to be stronger than my clients or look better than my clients or whatever it's like that's i do powerlifting some of my clients also do powerlifting but most of them don't and it's not the same thing anymore which is great such a like relief stress wise like I don't have to train I want to train again which is awesome
0: yeah um, there's a big pushback at the moment where like you can't be a bodybuilder if you're a bodybuilder unless you're a bodybuilder and you can't yeah. Um, prep someone to single digit body fat unless you've been there and stuff and yeah. if you're really understanding biology and physiology and training and nutrition and stuff I kind of feel like like you can get people Mate, uh, yeah. to single digit body fat it's just like uh, I got
1: Mason leaner last year than I will ever yeah. want to be <laughs> yeah so
0: there needs to be you know like I said before you just need to um, you know, as a coach just have an understanding of like what you're delivering yeah. um, and then as the uh, client and athlete like you know you're delivering that service you're confident that you're going to deliver it and you portray that and that person has that buy-in and then you know they just follow the process and get the results like you don't necessarily have to be a bodybuilder to get someone into um shape yeah ridiculously shredded shape so
1: so the next one is funny these are from literally the polar opposite ends of clientele that you will get um is motivate to motivate me and push me so we've spoken about it on the podcast before. <laughs> that we're not motivational. We trainers. talk about it all the time. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's interesting that I think we've been doing it for such a long time. Some of the shit we do, we don't see as motivating that other people do. Yeah. Um, I actually had a client <clears throat> during my Bali trip was like, oh, "I hated you while you were away." I'm like, "Yeah, because you trained." What do you whole mean? Time. She's like, well, "All you did was post training pictures," and I was at home and you weren't here, so I wasn't going to go to the gym. But you were going to the gym on your holiday, so I had to go. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So, like, there's still motivation from that accountability and just, like, yeah, expectations guess, and stuff. I guess
0: when we think motivate, we think, like... Happy like, clapper, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah which yeah, we are not. Yelling, <laughs> just count, counting reps and yelling and screaming at yeah. people. Um, yeah, mean, like, we're even... problem solvers. That that group class
1: mentality of, like, yeah. like your spin manager, class, and you spin class, yeah. you hear the, the instructor from, like, outside, that kind of... That's, yeah. Yeah, nah. um, but definitely push my clients, and
0: they all seem to be
1: motivated.
0: Yeah, but m- based like, on our
1: approach rather than
0: okay, motivation um, and pushing people uh, can be done in a, a, a variety of ways. Like yeah. um, setting people their workouts to do and their RPEs and you know, yeah. all that like is a way of it's pushing motivated. someone, right? You know, because yeah. you're like, well, we're scaling up is your intensity, yeah. Yeah, this you've got a month's view, not yeah. even a week, of what's going to be done. Yeah, um, so I guess like yeah, we're just looking at it from, a you know, like yeah, yeah, play, yeah, which yeah. I fucking am just because we hate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, I went to. I remember like uh, one of my clients like hit a PB in the deadlift fight, and I almost went to high five her, and I'm like nah I I went went to it and I pulled my hand back and I just like fist pump like good job I will will hug before I high five. yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know I don't know I was just like (laughs) I kind of thought of that conversation I'm like I don't want to be the high five trainer and I'm just like fist pump like well done it's not that I don't like to celebrate it I just don't want to be the you know run around the gym like everything's awesome kind of person Um, (laughs) because it's not she's hard sometimes yeah Yeah. and and I'm just figuring shit out for you as well like I'm not always going to be that yeah, overly excited um, every day. I'm just not that kind of person. Like, yeah. I'm not a. to be overly... at the end of the day. People night. must think I'm so like just like angry. Doesn't at, like, follow
1: anyone back on Instagram. Doesn't hey, want to high oh, go
0: does <laughs> Doesn't want like high fives. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah it's I, you're looking at you look, when like the way I'm looking at the client is like I'm trying to work out what's happening, and to do that, I can't be you know just yelling yeah. out Cheering. reps re- yelling yeah, out yeah. refs for the sake of it yeah. and sometimes I just think like I mean she was, ne- she's never going to watch this so I'm going to say it <laughs> but it was a really big learning experience for me it was like I was trying to motivate my wife at now who wasn't my wife at the time um, and I was like yeah, yeah you can do it babe, uh. <laughs> and she turned around and she's just like would you just fucking shut up <laughs> <laughs> and I was like what and she's like all I can hear is you just bad bad <laughs> I, I need to focus Yeah. and ever since then I've just been like well that's true yeah. I'm like, I'm telling these people to like you know claw the ground delicious, your feet three points delicious. contact delicious. feet yeah. pre-tension yeah. legs yeah. you know take a big deep breath you know depress your lats like and here I am going Logan let's go one yeah, yeah. two so then like I think for me that's probably like the yeah. biggest influence of not being that like, come on, let's go, PT. Yeah. So it's not that necessarily like I'm an extremely salty human being. Um I've just, it just work. experiences. Yeah. yeah. So I know that my wife will never hear this unless Tim cuts it up and sends it to her. <laughs> <laughs> one way to throw him under the bus. Uh, let's talk about the next one. So I'm a big believer in confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, providing that, you know, someone talks the talk and walks the walk. So yeah, so
1: confidence
0: and bravado
1: are not the same thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. so
1: being confident is like what we're talking about. Like we you can probably hear us both coaching in the gym, but it's like with cues and direct and saying shit that's important, not making noise for the sake of making noise, not yep. strutting around for the sake of strutting around, not high-fiving, back-slapping, hooting and hollering for to present to be confident. Yeah because like we've been doing this quite a long time and i i know you are and i feel pretty confident in my ability to get my clients results
0: yeah yeah so i guess i was more thinking from like that initial consultation with yep. the person however i get what you're saying like yep. the way someone carries themselves in the gym but you know i think like if someone's like inquiring with a coach and they are interested in you know going through that process um the confidence is a big thing yep. and I say this a lot, but the first like I had I have I had knee surgery as you guys know and the very first time I sat down with a surgeon, use this example a lot, yeah, was you know, had the MRI, snaps ACL or whatever, needed full near-eco surgery or whatever. Um, and the guy was like, oh, yeah, we can do it. Oh, you know, I'm not too sure what's going to happen. You know, um, we're just going to have to see how we go and this and that. So I kind of went out of it like, fucking, is my leg going to fucking fall off? Like, I didn't really walk out of that, you know, confident, being yeah. very confident that the surgery, which was supposed to help fix it, yeah. was actually going to fix it. Yeah. So it was kind of like, he wasn't that confident. I was in year 12. Yeah, I kind of need to study. Yeah. You know, and do VC and whatnot so I yeah. could get into uni. So I just kind of put on the back burner. Then, you know, got to the point where I just had to get it done. Too many yeah. things were getting in the way. And then the next guy, it was just like MRI, looked at it, was just like, yeah, mate, snapped ACL, no worries, we'll get it done for you. Yeah, when do you want to do it? <laughs> and he was like, do you want to do it Monday? And it was like Thursday. And I was like, like, nah man I can't do it Monday like yeah I need I need like a week to prepare myself yeah, 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 mentally yeah. you know yeah um so he's like yeah right we'll just do it next Monday then and yeah. I was just like mate this guy's a fucking beast yeah. like you know just yeah. ready to cut me open and just sew me fucking ACL back up like in done. four days yeah um and that that's been a really big lesson for me yeah. um and it's the same like when I sit down with a client it's not I'm not trying to put on a show it's just yeah. like what do you want like you know what are you after with the training yeah Um, Does it align with what I do? This is how things work? This is how I do things? Um, and it's like, this is what you can get. These are the services that are available to you. Yeah. And like, I've even had situations where this, like people have been like, I've got two other consults with other trainers yeah. and I'm like, yeah, sweet. So just, um, like, we'll just go through this today. Um, yeah. I'll show you how I'm going to do things. And then, you know, if you want to go off and, um, have the consult with the other two guys and then just make a decision from there, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and I really feel like that's a big thing as well. Yeah. It's just like have the confidence to back yourself. It's not like, you know, people, sometimes they might, um, misplace that with arrogance no it's, and that's but what, it's a belief that's in what, yourself and it's the pres- truly
1: confident people tend less to appear arrogant than the bravado confidence that yeah. you see because like i can be on a on a call with my like i do most of my consultations online now yeah on a call in exactly the same scenario like I'm almost interviewing them as much as they're interviewing me because it's like I'm not going to tell you, for the example that we brought up earlier with the Olympic lifting. As soon as that came up, it's like I can't do that. Yeah. Because I'm confident in the shit I can do and I do it really well. Yeah. So I don't need to be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We can put some put some cleans in there. It's like I don't fucking know how I'm going to yeah. fix them, but yeah, we we'll put yeah. them in there because that's what you want. And I'm not confident in myself enough, so I'll just give you everything that you need. Yeah. So like, here's what I do because I know it works and it's really fucking good and all my clients are happy with it and they're getting results and I work my ass off to make it better all the time. Like we've been discussing for 30 minutes before the podcast of new shit we want to do for our clients. Yeah. So I'm really confident when I sit down in that. Maybe when I started as a PT, it was more about how do I impress this person? Yeah. Which is not confidence. No. you You can show up as well, I'm going to appear confident, I'm going to show up with this like, chest up and like yeah. deliver a message, but that's not confidence as such. Yeah. Being able to say, I don't know, I can't yeah. do that, that's not my place, I need to refer out, all of those things show me that a trainer's confident.
0: Yeah, and I guess like if it does sit in a line with what you do, just back yourself to, to get it done. Yeah,
1: yeah. and it, what... even like as we, we know a lot of PTs and stuff listen to this, one of the things that tends to come up is that like, oh, someone's trying to poach my client. it's Like, yeah, good like, luck. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not it, it does I'm not, not. concerned about that. Yeah, it's yeah. not a, it's not a thing for me. And I hear it from, particularly the newer PTs or this person did this, this person is like so. Yeah. Like, is your client happy? Yeah. Then who cares?
0: Yeah, pretty like, much.
1: Like, I have um, cl- clients will message me when they get like a new person started at the gym. They're trying to give away like free sessions or they like, call them or whatever. Like oh, I just thought I'd let you know. It's like yeah, whatever. Yeah. Ugh, let them try. Yeah. You gonna, are you going anywhere? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Are you like, going to go? Well, no. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm not concerned.
0: Yeah. 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 So the last, the last two that are on there, um, like we've spoken about passion before. Um, that you can kind of see that. Yeah. I feel like you yeah. know, yeah. And if you are working with someone or even about to, like you can. It's very like identifiable. Mm-hmm to to see if someone is absolutely passionate about what they do um so that's a big one and the last one's demeanor so um i'm not too sure what people mean by that but i kind of feel like everyone so uh, that was mine and it was in reference to
1: what the we spoke contrast about we, we spoke about the time in terms of like how alex responded during yeah, like that yeah, crazy yeah. situation yeah and how we saw some other people respond over the two comps in luck with their Missing a lift, oh, yeah, like yeah, how you yeah. would feel as a client, yeah. So that's
0: um, that's been covered then,
1: yeah, pretty much. Um, passion, yeah. If you want to sit on a podcast for an hour and a half on a Wednesday afternoon, it probably shows that a little bit. I think it, it, should go, yeah, it, comes,
0: it should come out like in, you know, it should beam out of people, yeah. You feel, it, you feel it, you definitely. Know. All right, are we gonna? There's one, yeah, the may as well squat a bit. All right. Yeah, let's keep it short. I've yeah, got, got 13 minutes. Uh, we won't delve too deep. We okay. only got six on the clock anyway. So, so. one uh, client asked me, and I've spoken about this with, um, you know, someone else as well. Um, they asked me about like whether they need to squat and deadlift to get results. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of ways that I wouldn't mind approaching this. So sure. it may last longer than six minutes. Can I just say no? Um, yeah, well, and that's, to sum things up, it is no, you don't need to. But there's this real big push again um, towards like, yeah, well, if you squat, um, it's a you know functional movement. We squat every day, and so if you squat, we should do that. And same thing with deadlifting; like, it transfers, it integrates into life, everything um, very easily. I kind of feel like you know that bit, that gets pushed too much, and we start to move away from the person mm-hmm. and what they're after mm-hmm. so the yeah and then it also so i'm just like i've got so many ways I've got so many things and ways i want to approach it so let's talk about it from like um where a client's at in terms of their life yeah so if you're 20 to maybe 40 mm-hmm. and you have no ailments limitations etc in my opinion you can squat and deadlift yeah right and you can facilitate the result whether it is just fitness general fitness yep. body composition or if you want to do powerlifting bodybuilding whatever mm-hmm. once you get on in life we'll call it so you know um complexity of movements start to become an issue as your you know motor control cognitive function all that kind of stuff starts to take a decline because guess what getting older And your body doesn't deem you you necessary to be alert and all that. You're not going to be fighting anyone and searching for food and building things. You're going to be one of the elders from an evolutionary standpoint. Sit back, get smaller, eat less, be weaker so you can survive. So then there's that like, well, do we need to be doing really, really intense, complex movements later in life? And even then, what happens if and when we get hurt? Mm -hmm. And how are we going to bounce back from that? Yeah. Yep. and that is when as a coach you can still elicit a similar physiological result so it's like still keeping someone strong keeping their bones dense maybe maintenance of some muscle tissue yeah and etc later on in life just with a different style of programming yep. and a different approach and a I, I shift more towards like machine work and yep. very simple guided motions and stuff and it's not that you're an inferior athlete or your coach is shit and he doesn't yeah. know how to coach lifting and stuff. It's like yeah. a natural progression because they really give a fuck about the fact that in 6, 12, 18 months time, you're still going to have a good quality of life. Yeah. But there's just still this like imposing demand on um, everyone who walks into a gym that they have to squat, they have to deadlift. Yeah. And, you know That's what you need to do to get results. Strength is as much as we talked about fads earlier. Strength
1: is kind of that at the moment. It's kind of like the thing. Yeah, everyone's on the strength at the moment. Uh, we've obviously been doing it for quite a while, but at, it seems to be at its peak of popularity. Whether I don't know if that's just because of the circles we are in, I think and so. I train in a gym that has four platforms, yeah, or if it's across the board that lots of people are interested in that. Um, like my physique guys won't deadlift from the floor and like. Heavy squat every program. They may yeah. do it sometimes. I like my program now has no deadlifts from the floor. Yeah, um, I got hex bar stuff and high bar squats. So it's like no, you don't need to. Even as a power I'll be doing them all the time, and they're prerequisites. Yeah. So to think that you need to to improve your basic levels of health, body composition, muscle mass, fat mass, coordination, you don't have to. If you are so so to answer the question in Jason's style um, do you have to squat and deadlift to get get results
0: no No. if you can you probably should at some point yeah and there's there's no prerequisite of like that you have to squat and deadlift anyway the only thing is in a Powerlifting uh, setting yeah. uh, to get muscle to gain muscle mass, it's a stimulus on the muscle in itself, yeah. like the actual muscle you're targeting. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't know you're squatting; it just knows movement planes mm-hmm. of motion, like quads is flexion of the knee, yeah. um, for example. So it's you know again comes down to logically putting together a program, and if it's fat loss, it's you know management of energy balance. If it's some form of aesthetics, it's the maintenance of both things just discussed. Then if it's yeah. a strength thing outside of a powerlifting a setting, setting yeah. it's moving weight from A to B in a, a controlled setting and progressively overloading it yep. so I, don't, I just don't want these like a lot of the people that are asking in the, the, um, you know, the people that have brought it up have some form of physical ailment and cannot do it
1: right, yep.
0: and then Fair it time. makes them feel like I know that the pressures and you know, like the whole talk about how much do you squat how much do you yeah, bench and yeah. all that Makes them feel like they need you might, to do it. You might get a few less likes on Instagram, but
1: yeah, like uh, outside of
0: that, there shouldn't be a pressure in like internally that you yeah. need to do those movements because you can still get results. Yeah, yeah, the only outside of
1: it, the only thing, and it even talks about that, like, like that older population and stuff. Should an older population be doing heavy triples? Or should that be their target? Maybe not. What interests me, though, is if you're able to... Is that rain? So, yeah. If the podcast has just gone, crap, audio, it's actually rain on the roof. Um, So if someone comes in and they don't have the ability to squat, be it a physical ailment, a restriction, a tightness, a coordination control or whatever, the steps that you take to progress that person from sitting on a bench to squatting decent whether it be reps or weight or whatever, the process that you go through to do that is going to improve their quality of life. So okay. if they have um, something that you can fix inside your scope as a PT or working with an all- allied health professional. So for example, everyone with like kyphotic, rolled shoulders, um, terrible glutes, terrible hamstrings. So we get lower back pain and we have um, poor posture, yep. neck aches, all that kind of shit. If you can improve someone's thoracic extension and mobility, their mobility through their hips, maybe their mobility through their ankles, all of a sudden they can head check in the car again. They can put their shoes on again. They can do all these this stuff based on your knowledge of being able to progress someone through a squat. Yeah. So there's definitely benefits to it from that side as well. Does that need to be heavy threes? Hell no. Like it's yep. a skill acquisition thing. That you can progress over time. Um, does it need to be in every phase of training? No. Is there other movements that's going to improve all of those things? Yes. But it's maybe it's a good baseline to say, well, if you have a nice proficient back squat, you can probably do most things in life. If you have a nice proficient deadlift, you can probably do most things in life. You just don't have to do them at a high intensity, frequently, to get results.
0: Yeah. Even so. That's that is very relevant. Even on the flip side of that, if you have an an, an ailment limitation, a chronic injury, you can still achieve those things. Yep. They just may not be done through a process of improving the back squat or yeah. doing the deadlift. And it's yeah. more, we just want. I just want to push that um, that you don't need to do them. Like you yeah, can yeah, still yeah. be strong. Yeah, you know, without you know, if you've got. Uh, you know, bulging discs yep. and compression of your spine is, you know, yeah. um, causes pain and you've identified that any compressive movements of the spine, um, you know, really it flare it up. Don't do that. Then let's <laughs> find what's your goal. My yeah. goal is to look jacked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not a. That's not reflective of yeah, how you yeah. squat change and then, Change where the weight is. Yeah. Like, Another just, one just of pattern. my clients says degeneration of the um, like pelvis. Um, just from old age and arthritis yeah. um, like rheumatoid arthritis so it's like well um, yeah you can't deadlift Yeah, you can't squat heavy yeah. So, but we can still do other movements and you know they can like she's still strong body yeah. pull ups all those kind of things so yeah. you still facilitate things other ways it just takes a very logical approach and to not think about what you can't do think about what you can yeah. do and 100%. you know move on from there so yeah. I guess that's probably the best way um, to, to close things up Yeah so at STC Fit Learning at STC Fit
1: on the Instagram same on Facebook and YouTube yep uh, five star reviews for the iTunes yep um, can you do I don't think you can do anything on Spotify other no, than I listen so. to it just uh, also we would love even more really than the the reviews is actually like a screenshot into your Instagram stories tag us yep. um, we'll give you a share and a shout out as well yep because um, that seems to be the best way to Get our episodes yeah, out rage. there. Um, the Luke, the Luke one, Luke Tulloch one, actually blew up just from him kind of doing that, and a few of his clients. So we really appreciate if you guys could do that while you're listening. Um, JG Physiques underscore yep at Ben Scott SC. Um, what's Tams at Tam Vibes? If you want to see some photography stuff, yeah. Um, yeah. See you next time. You will. Ciao. Bye.